At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Philadelphia City Cast with Ryan Rothstein, presented by Bet Rivers. All right, welcome back, everyone. Philadelphia City Cast presented. By Bet Rivers Sportsbook, I'm your host, Ryan Rothstein. And on this episode, I'm excited for the weekly edition where we do the crossover with New York City cast host Will Hill. Uh, so Will will be joining us here in just a few minutes to dive deep into all the latest news and notes in the NFL, some more recap of the divisional round weekend, uh, and then a deep dive into the early week preview for championship weekend, futures market, props, team totals, anything and everything that will be offered, if not it's already being offered on the wagering menu. But before we get to our conversation with Will Hill, I just wanted to touch on a quick minute or two of 76ers because first of all, they get the win against the San Antonio Spurs on Sunday. I don't know how many of you were watching with NFL playoffs going on, uh, but the 76ers do get the win behind another massive performance from Joel, the process, Embiid. 38 points, 12 rebounds, 6 assists. He was once again asked and required to have an absolutely alien-like performance for the Sixers to get the win. And and that's pretty much become the norm now. That's what it takes for the 76ers team to even have a chance to get a win because he has these nights and they still actually find a way to lose, i.e. the Clippers game last week where they had a 24-point lead uh, and they still found a way to blow it. Sixers have a 17-9 and road record this year, which is good for second best in the entire NBA. So that's a positive Weird season this year. They're 10 and 10 at home. And tonight against the Pelicans is game one of a five game homestand. So they certainly have a good opportunity to improve their 500 home record. It all starts tonight at 7 p.m. at the Wells Fargo Center, game one of five on Broad Street. You look at the, the spread. And right now at Bet River Sportsbook in PA, the 76ers are 11 and a half point favorites. I tweeted out earlier today at Wise Ride, W I S E R Y E, my pick for this game. I said, take the 76ers minus eight and a half with a lean towards the over. Well, in just a few hours, it's gone from eight and a half to 11 and a half. 11 and a half is too big of a number. So I hope some of you joined me uh, grabbing the 76ers at eight and a half, but 11 and a half. I'm not going to go tell you to to sprint to the counters or sprint to the Bet River Sportsbook 
app slash website and, and, and make this bet. I'll, I'll stick with the over. It's currently at 212. I like this to hit the over. Uh, so that's certainly an area to look at. The player props are not up yet, but Tyrese Maxey, who's coming off an 18.6 assist performance against the Spurs. You know, his point total has been anywhere from 14 and a half to 15 and a half uh, at Bet River Sportsbook. That certainly could change for this game as it's not yet listed at the time of talking about this right now. Uh, but if it's still in that 14 and a half to 15 and a half range, take the over for Tyrese Maxey and his point total player prop at Bet River Sportsbook. So there you have it 76ers, 11 and a half point favorites at home against the Pelicans tonight at 7 p.m. Uh, we'll see if this line has any more movement in store for us. If it does not, if you want to risk risk the biscuit there with 11 and a half, go ahead. I'm going to advise to just lean with the over 212 and maybe look at Tyrese Maxey and his over for his point total player props. So there you have it, some more uh, updates on the 76ers, and we'll certainly dive deeper into them throughout the week, as well as the Flyers. We have Jason Mertidis coming up uh, in just a couple of days. He is the host of pregame, postgame, and the Flyers podcast network. So he is all over the beat as it relates to the Philadelphia Flyers. So we'll have him on to help us give uh, an update on all the latest on the ice with the fly guys and we'll continue to talk 76ers as well as nfl as we inch closer to championship weekend so without further ado here's my conversation with will hill host of the new york city cast enjoy all right so let's get into it man and will i want to start by congratulating you not congratulating you but i want to you know you had a, a great call a couple of weeks ago with me and i know it's something that you've talked about and now you have a really good opportunity here going into championship weekend i know one of the the wagers that you made uh was uh, a super bowl you know exact matchup winner type of bet so why don't you just explain it to the listeners for anyone that maybe didn't catch it uh, I figured that's a good place for us to start. Yeah, well, we just kind of shoot in the breeze. I think it was before the playoffs about, you know, some of these long shot Super Bowl matchups Bet Rivers had. And one of them that popped out to me was Buffalo, San Francisco at 60 to 1. Another one uh, just kind of off the cuff. I was like, you know what? San Francisco, Cincinnati, 125 to 1. It's worth a shot, maybe a couple upsets. And uh, here we are. They're both live. Buffalo, you know, if I, I bet both of them, I bet Buffalo, San Francisco a little uh, bigger. Uh, I've actually liked the Chiefs the other day, so I'm sitting there saying, you know what, I like the Chiefs in this game, but I have Buffalo. It's kind of a hedge, but you know, why did I do this? But man, I was 13 seconds away from having both of them alive. Going to this week would have given me some nice, uh, some nice wiggle room. It, it didn't happen that way. Uh, I guess the Bills coaching staff never heard of a squib kick. Uh, they just decided, you know what, here's 30 yards, here's 30 more yards. But San Francisco, Cincinnati is still alive, so. Uh, it's pretty hard to hedge it because you know the Chiefs are minus 350 or something on the money line. I guess I could just write it out. I guess I could wait. Uh, you know, maybe the Bengals score first, and I can I can come back on the Chiefs a little bit. Maybe I can tease it because yeah. I do have the Niners. Uh, I think 20 to one to win the NFC as well. So uh, I got some live ones here. I don't know if I'll let it ride or hedge. I'll probably hedge a little bit, but uh, yeah, it feels good to have them alive. Wish I bet more. Wish the Bills were still alive, but uh, <laughs> that's part of the game. And I wish you were along with me, man. This would have been a fun ride. I really wish you were with me on the Bills 49ers so we could have suffered through that one together because that was a, a tough one to lose. Uh, I I mean, I know. I stink. It's just 
we we throw a lot out there in yeah. our conversations. You know, it's like I should have rode with you though. It's inexcusable. It's inexcusable. And, and trust me, I'm I'm taking the brunt of that. Yeah, have, have <laughs> for, you with myself now? Before we get um, into all the games, have you? I mean, we're all exhausted from the overtime discussion about you know what the Bills deserve to lose thirteen seconds, and other people saying this. I I'm tired of hearing about it, but at the same time, I do understand it. Just play ten minutes of overtime makes everyone happy. You know what? Uh, that that's how I feel about it. If you hit a walk off, if you hit a leadoff home run in the top of the tenth in baseball, it's not like the team doesn't get to bat in the bottom of the tenth. It just feels like these offenses. Uh, it's too easy to score. It's too skewed towards offense. I think it's been 11 playoff games go to overtime in this new format, and the team that wins the toss is 10-1. and one. Uh, A lot of times the team that doesn't touch the ball, uh, you know, a lot of times the, the team that loses the, to the toss doesn't even lose, uh, touch the ball. And I'm surprised there wasn't this much of an outrage. I'm trying to think back to five years ago when it happened in the Super Bowl, Patriots-Falcons. Patriots won the toss, right? went right down and scored. I don't remember this much outrage over it for, for whatever reason, maybe because the Falcons choked that one away and – you know, this yeah. one was such a great game that there's more sympathy for the Bills. It's to me, it's not even sympathy for the Bills. It's just as a viewer, you know what? You kind of feel cheap and where, all right, there's more to it. Allen didn't get a chance to touch the ball. It ends up being you know the biggest play of the game is that Allen calls heads instead of tails. So curious what your thoughts on that one. No, it, it's I mean you you said it perfectly. Well, I'm I'm sick of talking about it, but I'm also just frustrated. Like it's just you know, I remember when they first changed these rules, and it was like you know my reaction was like okay you you're almost there like like right. why did they change it to this like it right. just they didn't really completely fix this problem which is well guess what if you still lose the coin toss and the other team comes down and scores a touchdown the game's over and that is still a massive massive problem yeah so it, it's a little bit of all right shut up you know josh allen shut up bills shut up world including me and you it is what it is let's move on but i sort of think it's an easy problem that the NFL needs to address. Like you just like you said, I don't care what the what the fix is, if it's 10 minutes of football, 8 minutes of football, each team gets a possession. Uh if the team that gets the ball first scores a touchdown, the other team still gets an opportunity to tie it up. Like I don't I don't care anything along those lines where you don't feel like you got the short end of the stick, sort of what you just said as a viewer and as a fan of the NFL because I think that's in their best interest to fix that uh it felt like it felt like a cheap way for that game to end you know yeah, not it, that the wrong team won or anything no. like that it just felt a little cheapened no and the people that say you know what the bills have nothing to cry about they gave the game away with how they handled the last 13 seconds 100 percent right i mean you go back uh, yeah. i have the screenshot of the the alignment on the last play they're giving them 20 30 yards for free i mean that's the last thing you can do get up on them you don't even need to pass rush you just put all 11 guys in coverage jam the receivers, make them use some clock. If they throw an illegal contact or a defensive holding, you give them the five yards for the six or seven seconds. That leaves another you know, six or seven seconds on the clock. The game's over. It becomes a Hail Mary or, or one of those lateral plays that usually, you know, when I bet on it, it goes the other way for a touchdown or something like that. It, th that should never happen. That should never happen. Yeah. Uh, even if the Chiefs do everything properly, you shouldn't have more than, than a lateral, a Hail Mary. Uh, that being said, look, I, I said it after the Chiefs charge. Remember that Thursday night game, overtime game? I was like, you know what? That kind of felt like a cheap ending. Shouldn't be decided by a coin toss. Yep. Uh, I get they don't want these guys playing, you know, six, seven quarters and these games going forever. So maybe you just do it in the playoffs. But uh, I would think it would be revisited. Now, it's an interesting note. I'm sure you saw this. The Chiefs actually tried to vote when they got eliminated by the Patriots three years ago in the title game. Same scenario, just the other way. The Patriots won the toss, went down the field, scored. 
and the Chiefs proposed an idea of some sort of different overtime. I'm not sure exactly what the proposal was, but some somehow both teams get in the ball or, or whatever the case may be. And pretty much nobody else voted for it. So I don't know if there's going to be, you know, renewed interest in it, any more enthusiasm. This I, I would think it'll get more attention, but uh, I'm, you know, I'm curious how this plays out here. Yeah, they need to do something. And it's just such BS about the safety. And, oh, we don't want players playing five, six quarters. Come on. It it's is. just all such BS. Like, that cannot be a reasoning behind it because the shield as – you know, the the player's safety being their number one priority is just it's just such a load of crap. Yeah. I mean, think about it. The Chiefs probably won the Super Bowl because Allen called tails or heads. I, I forget which he called, but that's whatever he called. Yeah. The, the winner of that game is probably winning the Super Bowl, which really added to the drama of it because it was just such a high level game. And the way the bracket uh, broke where, I mean, look, the Bengals are sitting there waiting for you. They're a nice story, but they're, they're not really a threat. I wouldn't think to win this next game. Anything could happen. I, we'll, we'll say that. And, you know, the NFC side, Rodgers is out, Brady's out. It kind of broke for whoever is going to win that game. It was really, you know, a final in the form of a quarterfinal the other day. And it comes down to a coin toss. Kind of kind of an empty feeling. Like, again, if you're the Bills, you got nothing to complain about. Just as a viewer, though, it's kind of like, yeah, it's kind of cheap. How surprised were you slash how surprised are you? that we're talking about the 49ers in, in the game this weekend, um, regardless of the opponent. We'll get to that in a couple minutes. I just want your thoughts on, you know, I guess part A, the 49ers going into Lambeau Field where Rodgers welcomes all comers. Uh, that's exactly what Aaron Rodgers wants. Come to Lambeau for a playoff game. Good luck. Uh, and, you know, <laughs> he kind of ate his own words there a little bit. So uh, just talk about, I guess, your reaction to, the 49ers going in there and winning. Is that more about them or is that more about the Packers? Uh, I would say I'm not surprised at all that they won. But if you ask me, you know, 10-15 on Saturday night when it's 10-3 and the 49ers kept getting stopped after stopped after stop, you know, first and goal from the four, come away with no points after a holding call and a pick. You know, they had that terrible fourth and one, which kind of gets lost. You know, these great games, there's these lost moments. And the 49ers had fourth and like inches. I thought they'd sneak it. Garoppolo, I think, is 25 for 25 sneaks for his career. They run that weird play where they get cute. It totally gets stuffed. The Packers saw it coming. They try to run up the middle. And that I think that was right before the Packers drive where Rodgers takes a sack and then the punk gets blocked for a touchdown. At 10-3, it just didn't look like the 49ers were going to be able to score. And they really – I mean, they didn't score an offensive touchdown. Think about that. You went into Lambeau. You went into uh, play Aaron Rodgers. You're down 7 nothing. You get a stop. Uh, you know, Garoppolo gets sacked the first drive. That game's about to be 10 nothing, 14 nothing. I think it was Mercedes Lewis who, who fumbled. And it just was kind of a stalemate from that point on. Uh, 49ers missed opportunities, and uh, the 49ers really stole that game. But, uh, again, you know, the Packers, it's interesting. They're not really built for their environment. You know, you could say the record at home is one thing. Okay, but they're they're a finesse team. They're a passing team. They're, they're not this grinded out, you know, tough defense, tough running game. They're, they're, they're a finesse team. It'd be like, you know, the Peyton Manning Colts having to play outside. I mean, they're going to have good records because they have good players and, you know, they have a good home field. But uh, and when you have bad weather, it really doesn't suit them. That was more suited for the 49ers who uh, I'm kind of I'm glad they won A because I had to bet on them. And B, that defense, they played their ass off the other night. I mean, their defense deserved better. To, they really shut down Rodgers. When you take out the first drive in that broken coverage to Jones, which, look, it all counts. We shouldn't take out anything. But. Other than that, I think the Packers were like 2.3 yards per play. It was really uh, a shutdown. Yeah, it was uh, it, it was pure pure domination, really. Like from from that defensive standpoint, uh, limiting Aaron Rodgers and that that Packers offense that has just been so dynamic. And and you bring up like a 
a big turning point in that game. As long as you don't have anything else for that game, just continuing with some of our recap. I'll, I'll jump the, in here um, on one thing. Is, are the Eagle fans, do they want Rodgers, Watson, Wilson, any of these guys? Is there any sort of buzz for we can get in on these guys? It's all it's all that that we've been talking about in Philadelphia. <laughs> Trying is, to trade Ben Simmons um, for Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> yeah, I, I, listen, Aaron Rodgers ain't coming to Philadelphia. Like, come on. I just don't think that's... <laughs> that's even in a, re a reality what do you think he uh, goes? in someone's dreams I, I don't think russell wilson is either and, and deshaun watson i i mean i have no idea what's up with him yeah right like i w what's the latest legal update on deshaun watson i think if he's not in jail or, or federal prison i think deshaun watson is the most likely uh or most realistic not that it's like 80 percent likely but i'm talking 10 percent compared to two percent with russell wilson and aaron Rodgers. That, that, that's how i'm looking at it i don't see mm -hmm. that happening still such a strange situation with watson i can't remember anything like that where it's like he's not you know in jail he's not in anything he's, he's just falling off the earth and Will. he's not suspended he's just not active it's very bizarre i don't know what the texans end game was with that to just you know what we're not going to play you we're not going to trade you very uh bizarre situation what about the nfl's not end game, but like they, they just sort of got away with not doing anything. Not that I really care, but we're on the topic. It's like, what are you doing, NFL? Like, it's kind of weird that they've just let this slide because, as you've mentioned, the guy's not in trouble. He's not in jail. He hasn't been suspended by the team. So, like, what's what's really happening here? Yeah, I mean, I guess it comes down to, and again, we're, we're probably getting uh, out of our comfort zone in terms of the Definitely. legality here. <laughs> Definitely. But what evidence they have against them, things like that. And you know, that, that's what I don't understand. But it, I just look at it from the Texans, just to keep it simple. If he's not suspended, play him. If he is suspended, obviously you can't play him. Or, or you, They haven't suspended him. The league hasn't suspended him. Yet you got one of the, you know, the five best players at the most important position just kind of chilling yep. on the sidelines. Very strange situation. Really is. It really is because, you know, he is, I think, a top five player right now at his position. Uh, a young quarterback, however you want to classify him. And it's just a... It's a weird situation, I think, to put it very nicely. It'll make for um, a, a fun winter, though. I mean, usually football ends and football kind of dies off until the draft, free agency. It's going to be a lot of fun between, you know, Wilson, Watson, Rodgers, yeah. what Brady does. It kind of, Brady kind of gave some ominous quotes yesterday. Usually he's like, you know what, I'm coming back. He said, well, if I do walk away, I'll be proud and satisfied. I saw that quote. I said, wow, maybe he is done. Maybe that is it for him. I don't know. I, I, I'd be shocked. Yeah. And it's ridiculous that I'm going to say a 44-year-old man, I'd be shocked if he walks away from the NFL. But on, on Friday I would have said I would have been shocked. I hadn't heard any buzz about it, but Friday some of the some of the shows I was listening to were like, "Hey, you know, you know never be surprised." And then Sunday Lombardi kind of said, you know, the same thing where it's like, "Hey, maybe this is it." And um yeah. I, I guess Mark Canizero of the Post had a report uh Sunday it came out during the game during the Rams game that this would be it for Arians. This would be it for Brady. They're both going to retire. It looked like uh, Arians retired before the game on Sunday. I wish he knew he was going to retire before the game. <laughs> I wouldn't have bet the Bucks. That was a dismal coaching performance by uh, by the Tampa squad. But uh, it sounds like it might be it. You know, you could look at it the other way. Hey, he doesn't want to come, you know, retire off of a loss. He probably doesn't want to retire off of a win, winning the Super Bowl. If you win the Super Bowl, why retire? You know, you can say, hey, I can get one more. If I won this year, I can win it next year. Maybe. Uh, you know, he led the league in passing yards. He led the league in a lot of these categories. It would be strange, but yeah, maybe that's it. I'm not sure. I wonder if any of these books, Bet Rivers or anyone else, is going to put odds on you know him retiring, things like that. Yeah, I think that would be a good idea. It would be interesting to see what those odds 
would be. And I think you bring up a good point. Like you look at just so many quarterbacks, one of the, you know, some of the greatest of all time, not going out on a relatively high note. Like they, they get dragged away from the game instead of walking away from the game. And Brady has that opportunity still to walk away from the game on a very high note. Yeah, and it's it's interesting, you know, Elway won it. He really went out on top. Manning kind of went out on top, but, man, he was really – he was like a pitcher throwing 82-mile-an-hour fastballs. How he won that <laughs> ball uh, five or six years ago now uh, is yeah. pretty incredible. But Brady's got a lot left. I mean, he didn't play well the other day, I don't think. He kind of got Brady. You know, his teams didn't get the calls. Uh, how many times have we seen Brady sit on the sidelines as his kicker kicks a game-winning field goal? Uh, it yep. kind of happened the other way where he's sitting there watching the other kicker win. It was very bizarre. It was kind of strange to see it, uh, the shoe on the other foot. But uh, who knows? Who knows? He still has plenty left in his arm. You watch him throw the deep ball. I mean, he still throws it really well. And he's I think we all, we all agree if he got that game gets into overtime, uh, Tampa's probably winning the game. And, you know, thinking back. That was almost that, a, an epic collapse, Will. All-timer. All-timer. I mean, For a that, while was on Sunday, that was that... the craziest game. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah, it's just the fact that, uh, you know, Stafford had to make that play to, to uh, Cooper Cup late and put, you know, that was unbelievable by L.A. and Stafford and, and give them credit, but they should have never been in that situation. And, and that fumble, you know, to set the Bucks up to tie, like so many things there, you're like, what is going on? How is this even a, how is this even a game? It was fun to watch, but. Um, and usually when it, you're down that many points, happened. yeah, usually when you're down that many points, you have to play perfectly to come back. I mean, the, the Bucks got, yep. I thought, a, I thought that I've never seen this before. I thought that was a rough call where Evans got hit in the head, personal foul, but Hey, it's after the play. Cause the ball was on the ground. I, as much football as we watch, as much football as I watch, I've never seen that rule enforced that way. You know, he's mm -hmm. launching him while the ball is still in the air, but cause the ball hit the ground, we give it, you know, we, we count it after the down. That was very bizarre. I don't think. Maybe, you know, technically that's the right ruling. If so, I, I would revisit that. I, I think that's a, a strange uh, interpretation of the rule. And then again, he had another fourth down off one of the turnovers. Remember, he gets sacked and then the ball goes over Stafford's head. Uh, he had another play where Miller was wide open on fourth down and he tried to force it. It was incomplete. So they really, I mean, they really could have won the game in regulation. That was a, a total self-destruct by the Rams. And, you know, it's interesting. The Rams had no timeouts left. Stafford gets sacked or he tries to run on first down. Uh, if they just have an incomplete pass on second down, that's it. The Rams are going to take a knee because if you throw an incomplete pass on third down, then you got to punt it back to the Rams, uh, punt it back to the Bucks. I think the Bucks were one play away there from the Rams taking a knee, and I was kind of surprised after the sack they didn't take a knee just because, you know what, this is yep. going a million miles an hour the other direction. We're out of timeouts. Last thing we need here is a pick, a turnover. Let's just get to overtime and reset ourselves. I, I give McVay credit for saying, you know what, uh, I'm going to I'm gonna throw it deep here and Again, just a terrible job by the Tampa defense, you know, not being organized here. How do you let Cooper Cup, of all people, just get wide open for basically 70 yards over the next two plays? It was uh, it was absurd. And and one more point with the the Bengals-Titans game. I was screaming about this when, when it first happened, uh, and I was screaming about it the whole night because it ended up being the difference, in my opinion. Uh, Tennessee, they score their first touchdown. They make it. 6-6, six, six, and instead of kicking the extra point to take the 7-6 lead, there's a penalty um, when they come out to, for the extra point, and then Tennessee elects to go for two. Yeah, They fail to convert it. Somehow, Henry does not get into the into the end zone to Terrible get the 8-6 lead. Terrible job not the ball. The game yeah. remains tied at six. That ends up being the difference maker in the game, in my opinion, because Tennessee, instead of having the ball tied 16-16, they have the ball up 
17-16 with about two minutes to play. I believe they win the game if that's the case. Uh, analytics, I think, got the best of them early in that game. Now, sure, you can say they lost it along the way, lost it later, and I don't disagree with that, but I still look at that moment in a huge divisional round spot uh, as as a coach overthinking it when you could have just chipped it in and taken the lead in the game. Yeah, I was. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I was kind of indifferent. I think a couple things. You can't be – all these people saying Henry's the best back in the world. Well, if he's the best back in the world, he should be able to get a yard and – he did a bad job not extending the ball. If you watch him go down, his arm is really tucked tight to him where if he just mm -hmm. extends it a little bit, I, he almost got in anyway. And you know what? You don't want to extend the ball near the goal line. You're worried about a fumble on a two-point conversion. Who cares about a fumble? And I think if you're going to go for it, look, you got like a 6'6 quarterback who's athletic. You're at the one-yard line. Just snap it. Have Stick the ball out. I, I think if you're going to go for it, go for two. I think that was the mistake. And uh, again, yeah. I, I don't think there was the need to go for two there, but – uh, no. I don't want to be too results based where they don't get it and say, oh, that was a mistake. But yeah, probably probably didn't need to go for two there in a six six game wasn't really necessary. Now, the game might play out differently the rest of the way if it's, you know, tied as opposed to down one. Uh, sure. Yeah, the Bengals kind of stole one. The Bengals definitely stole one. Uh, another play in the game. I don't know if I talked about it on the show yesterday. I'm curious what you thought of that interception. Now, if you have control of the ball, then it hits the ground. You're OK. It's a catch. But that ball hit the ground as he had control. He basically trapped it, like picked it off the grass. They called that an interception. I thought that was a really uh, shaky call. For all the things they call non-catches, I was surprised. I was pretty shocked they gave him the interception on that that one in the second half. I I wasn't because I, I it was tough, man. Like watching those replays, I was like, it wasn't in it wasn't inconclusive evidence. Now I I do believe right and know for that. a fact that they've overturned plays that weren't inconclusive. So I think the consistency problem with the officiating and the challenges and overturning or, or keeping a call as is, um, is inconsistent. And that's a problem. But I, looking at that play, it was just so bang, bang. Like it looked like he had his hands on it. He had full control. I don't know if it was enough to have it underneath it. The ball right. was on the ground, yes. but what's it, it? It was just, it was a close call. I, I think once the call's on the field, I think they made the right call as far as there's not enough to overturn it. Probably um, the right answer. Probably the right answer. I'm just looking at it like, yeah, he's got full control, but he doesn't have full control until the ball – you can literally see the ball on the grass. Again, we do too much with replay and breaking down, you know, uh, millimeters and is a ball, you know, yeah. grabbing, you know, touching the, yeah, I don't know. the grass and that, things like that. It's too much. Yeah, I, I think – you know, I wouldn't hate the uh, like the suggestion to stop with the inconclusiveness, right? Yeah. Or just because it's the initial call doesn't have to be doesn't have to be gospel, right? Yeah, I, I think that's like the one area that you can maybe look at because that's what I'm thinking about when I'm looking at that, and I don't even know if that's you know the best way to go about things moving forward. It's funny that game seems like it was like six months ago because it was a good game, but man, everything that happened since, even the Packers game, I mean. There was a while for the, on Sunday where the Rams-Bucks is like, wow, you can't get any crazier than that. I can't believe what I just watched. And then, you know, four or five hours later, it's almost a forgotten about game because the other ones were so crazy. Just uh, an incredible weekend of football. We could live to be a thousand years old. We'll never see a weekend better. We'll never see a weekend as good. It's just you couldn't make up a, a better slate of games. With What was at stake? Uh, the drama. I thought the games Saturday weren't played very well. You know, there was, wasn't great quality of play on Saturday, but Sunday, no. I mean, just incredible. And uh, what a quarterbacking performance between Allen, Mahomes, 
not just throwing the running. I don't know if you saw this, but Mahomes was 80 to one to lead the weekend in rushing yards. You know, they have those props. Who's going to have the most rushing yards divisional weekend? Mahomes was 80 to one. And uh, wow. it feels like these guys can just run for 12, 15 yards at a clip. And, you know, you go through it with these New York teams, whether it's Daniel Jones, Zach Wilson, your guy hurts. Unless yep. you have a superhero at quarterback, I don't know how you have a chance. Now, I guess the counter would be, you know what, Garoppolo's winning games and he's not that great. Okay, that's that's a fair point. But, man, uh, some of these quarterbacks, I mean, look at Herbert, Mahomes, Allen. It's just if you don't have a freak of nature at the position, uh, you're kind of one, one, one or two steps behind. Yeah, and, and I hate the the um, the Garoppolo narrative that, that you just said, which is, well, like, you know, while they're winning it, you know, despite of Garoppolo, that, that doesn't mean that, Garoppolo is enough right. <laughs> like I think it just means that Shanahan and the weapons around him and the defense and the havoc that Bosa causes like that everything else is just so good and so impressive that they're able to overcome Garoppolo's shortcomings enough to get this far and, and hell even if they win this weekend I, I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl and so like the bottom line point is okay they're winning right now in spite of Garoppolo but I still don't believe he's enough to win the Super Bowl, and until I'm proven wrong, you know, I, I I don't understand what they're doing, right? Like, go get a better quarterback, and what did you do with that third round pick? Uh, third round number three overall pick. You're in the you're in the championship weekend, and your third overall pick is on the sideline all year long. Like, I don't understand what they're doing as an organization with that position. Well, it sounds like they really uh, Brady really wanted to go there two years ago when he was a free agent, and Shanahan wanted him, but kind of got talked out of it, and there was some. A consternation in the organization, kind of a power struggle between Lynch and Shanahan. Uh, you don't know who wanted who and who to believe, but it sounds like they wanted Brady. Brady wanted to go there, and it, it just fell through. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. It's absolutely crazy. But hey, they're uh, they're in the Final Four, the NFL Final Four. So let's um, let's get to it. Well, do you want to start with Bengals and Chiefs? And it's a seven point number right now. I mean, you know, Joe Burrow. We can start with him. Uh, do we overlook him again this week? Do we look to to take the seven? Do we wait? The total's at 54 and a half at Bet Rivers and PA. What what do you make of the Bengals going into Arrowhead and uh, you know keeping this a touchdown game or, or shorter? Yeah, I missed my I missed my chance here with the over. I saw some 50 and a half, 51s open with the over. That was way too low. I wish I grabbed that. 54 and a half's tough. We saw the other yeah. day Bills Chiefs. I mean, that game almost ended at 47. It was 26-21 with uh under the two-minute warning, and it's fourth and 13. If Allen doesn't complete that fourth and 13, it probably ends 26-21. And uh, you look at the final score, there's 78 points. And, oh, it was an easy over. It really wasn't. That game no. was 7-7 uh, late in the half. So that's a lot of points to get to. I still lean towards the over. Uh, my initial read on this game, as much as I've been on the Bengals, I love the Bengals. They're fun to root for. I have a hard time. Now, maybe by the end of the week, I'll look at this differently. I'll go over. And again, this is we're doing this on a Tuesday. Sometimes what you think on Thursday or Friday is different than Tuesday. And yep. we withhold the right to change our mind. But I have a hard time seeing them in this game. I just have a hard time seeing that offensive line in Arrowhead with the crowd noise holding up. And, you know, I, I think the Chiefs team total is probably going to be worth a look. I just think the Chiefs, unless there's a hangover factor, which I don't know that you can sell me on. I don't know that you can sell me on a hangover factor when you're playing for a chance to go to the Super Bowl. You know, maybe the Bengals' chances, you know what, the Chiefs start a little slow after last week, and you look up and, you know, Mahomes throws a tip pass for an interception and, and Burrow goes down the field, and before you look up, it's 10 nothing. then, hey, you're in a game. You know, Bucker misses a kick. Things can happen. As we've, th as we've seen in all these games, stuff, yeah. ha stuff happens, so you can't rule them out. To me, uh, I would feel pretty comfortable teasing the Chiefs. I, I have a hard time. 
boy, can you imagine Burrow in his second year in a Super Bowl, you know, winning at Kansas no. City, winning at Tennessee? That would just be remarkable. I think their game, I would probably lean towards taking the seven just because, you know, backdoor cover, all the things I just mentioned. Uh, yep. At the end of the day, I would lean towards taking the seven. I would lean towards the over. I have a hard time seeing the Bengals advance. Do you give them a chance? I, You know what? Like a couple of weeks ago, I remember throwing out there Bengals Super Bowl odds. Um, you know, it was probably three weeks ago at this point. I think they were maybe 25 to one. Um, so I did throw that out there. But at the same time, I'm not going to sit here today here uh, with you, Will, and say, you know, I expected this. You know, so you throw out, uh, do we really think, you know, Burrow's capable of going to the Super Bowl this year? No, but I also think you and I would have would have said if we had to, we wouldn't have expected to be talking about him right now in the conference championship for whatever that, you know, for whatever that's worth. So does that mean I'm picking him on the money line to go into Arrowhead and win? No, I'm not. Um, at least for today, you know, right now I'd probably go under 54 and a half. I, I don't know why I would have to just think the the public money is going to be heavy on the over. I could be wrong with that. Uh, but today where my mind's going to change probably a hundred times between now and kickoff, I, I'd lean towards the under, uh, I'd probably lean towards the points if I had to make a pick against the spread, meaning, uh, Bengals with the points, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure my mind's going to change here a few times. But that's my initial thought process with this one. I would love to just sit there and watch you with an under ticket watching Patrick Mahomes. That would be so much fun for me. I don't bet a lot of totals. <laughs> I don't bet a lot of overs. I, I, I do become a little bit of a square when it's Mahomes and the Chiefs. And I, these teams played January 2nd. We should mention that. Bengals won 34-31. Uh, I was on the over of that game. Sometimes when you get a good offense against the Chiefs, they, they just have to go toe-to-toe -to -toe and uh, it kind of brings mm -hmm. out the Chiefs' best offense. Now, the Chiefs' offense bogged down in that second half. They only scored three points. But if you look at the first matchup, they both averaged over seven yards per play. Uh, it was really a shootout. Um, you know, the Bengals, if they scored that late, late touchdown, instead of, you know, remember they got the flag, they kicked the field goal. It's probably 38-31. Well, it is 38-31. Then the Chiefs have a chance to come down, make it 38-38. So uh, both teams really moved the ball. Remember, that was the game Chase had 260 yards, 266 yes. yards, I think, three touchdowns. Burrow had three, 450 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, I'm on the over, and I, like I said, if you're on the under, let's set up a little Ryan cam so I can sit there and watch you squirm <laughs> as Mahomes is basically, you know, throwing passes behind his back 50 yards right on the money. My goodness, that guy, I, I think know. I mentioned it before. He's in LeBron territory, Mike Trout, where it's like he's so good, you know, we don't, we don't get paid to sit here and say he's good. It's not obviously a, a profound statement, but my God, that guy is just incredible. Oh, my goodness. He, he's unbelievable. He's absolutely unbelievable. And my underplay would just be uh, the Bengals can't can't keep up, and then it's you know the fourth quarter, and the Chiefs take their foot off the gas a yeah. little bit, whether it's 28-17, you know, 31-17. It's still 48 total. points. And, you know, like so – that doesn't mean that's my pick. That's just probably my initial early morning thought. But I had the over, um, I think I had it at 48, maybe 48 and a half for Chiefs Bills. And I was sweating that one, like you said. Yeah. Like I, I thought that was a loser. And, you know, I got so relatively lucky with that over eventually hitting. But, you know. Trust me, me too. I was throwing my remote control because there was a sequence. The Bills ran it three times and punted. And they, you know, Matthau was out, uh, the Honey Badger was out for the Chiefs. 
and they're not really exposing them. You know, they're running it. They're throwing these short passes. Like, throw the damn ball, and they're punting. Yeah. You know, the Chiefs had fourth and four in plus territory. They punted. I'm like, oh, my God. Especially when you watch the end of the game, if why would any of these teams ever punt? Like, you could move the ball at will. It's crazy. And the Chiefs had that stupid play, not to go back here, but the Chiefs had that stupid play third and one where they bring in Blake Bell to run an option. It just drove me nuts. It, it definitely got too close for comfort, but, uh, boy, that's uh, – that's an uncomfortable feeling to sit there and bet Mahomes, bet against Mahomes in terms of the under. Now, your point, like if you have a seven-minute drive that ends in a field goal, it becomes hard to cover the over uh, with that number. Yep, it does. But we'll, you know, we'll, we'll both be talking more about it on both of our shows. Um, you know, you can follow us both, obviously, on social media and everything else in between. One cool thing I like about this week, Will, um, the the full wagering menu at Bet Rivers is posted. Oh man! Player props, everything. Appetizers, dessert, entrees, all the appetizers. Little combo combo platters. Let's get one of these. Yes. Order two of those. Absolutely, no doubt about a it. Sampler, a little sampler platter. Let's order two. We'll have leftovers. I, I'm totally with you. It's a it's a fun time of year. Look, there's only three games left, man. Got to enjoy it while you can. Yeah, it's um. It's such a mixed a mixed bag of emotions. Yeah, right. Because this weekend's awesome, but it's like, damn it, we we have two you know two more weekends left, three more games. Um, it's it's a blessing and a curse. I'd be a little better with it if I knew baseball was coming soon. Now, the one good thing with the season going longer, we're already to late January. I think this game is Sunday, January thirtieth for the title games. That'll yeah. be mid February for football. That only leaves you two or three weeks. Conference tournaments start for college basketball, leads right into March Madness, leads right into the baseball, NBA playoffs. Then it's a great time of the year. I mean, you could have a we could have a good debate. You know, what's the best time of year for sports? To me, October with all the baseball, all the football, or it's you know April, May when you got NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, NFL drafts, baseball starting. So uh, we got good times around the corner. There's a little bit of a lull. Uh, in February, you and I probably got to take a look and see when we got some vacation time coming so we can get out of Dodge so we don't have to sit here and talk about, you know, Nick's Pelicans for 45 minutes on a Tuesday because uh, that's a tough one sometimes. But, you know, we're not too far away here from the NCAA tournament, NBA playoffs. That stuff is, is right around the corner. That's one of the benefits of, of this season going a little longer. I love March. I love March. When, when it's March Madness and NBA is getting, in, you know, closer to playoffs and um, that's just, it's a great time of year. Oh yeah. I mean, especially for betting. I mean, you, you wake up yes. March, you know, you got games all day, all night. If you can ever get to Vegas conference tournament week, NCAA tournament week, uh, you wake up, there's games, you go to bed, there's games. It's really, it's just incredible. Uh, that time of year. And again, we're not that far away from it. it kind of snuck yeah. up on us because the weather hasn't been bad. It's been a little cold here in the Northeast lately, but you know, November, December, we're pretty mild. Now you look up and we're at the end of January and, you know, we're getting through it. We're getting through it. And, you know, trade deadline coming soon for basketball. I'm sure uh, that Ben Simmons, you know, for – to you, you think Ben Simmons – let's go there before we get to back to the, the NFL. Do you think Ben Simmons goes anywhere or no? No. No. No, I don't I don't think this is uh, budging at all before the trade deadline. I just think – I think if and when a trade happens, it's going to have to be three or four teams. And, and I just don't see that type of blockbuster deal happening right now based – I mean – and things change in professional sports in the NBA. Uh, we're about 15 days away now from from the trade deadline as we record this on the 25th. The deadline is February 10th. Um, I, I just don't see it happening. There's the the latest report uh, is that there's going to be a trade allegedly in the offseason that includes James Harden going to Philadelphia. I'm not sitting here saying that's going to happen. That's yeah. just the latest rumor. All right. All right, well, I think I sidetracked so. us. We can finish up here with the football. Rams, 49ers, Rams minus three and a half, total 46. 
Uh, I will make a prediction here. I think this closes three or under. I think people are going to look at the way San Fran has dominated this matchup. They beat them six in a row. Shanahan has owned McVay. Uh, they beat them 31-10. Remember that Monday night football game mid-November? Then week 18, the Rams led 17-0 in SoFi. The Rams had a chance to eliminate them. The 49ers wouldn't even be in the playoffs. They're up 17-0. Then they're up seven with a minute and change left. The 49ers have no timeouts. And this is where, you know, I get on Jimmy G too. He makes some puzzling throws. He makes you scratch your head. I give him credit because he's got some guts on him. Minute 17 left, no timeouts. Right down the field, 90 yards, touchdown, extra point, win the game in overtime, go on to the playoffs, win in Dallas, win in Green Bay. So you think about, you know, where they were uh, not that long ago, really pretty much a long shot to make the playoffs, a long shot to score a touchdown there. Now they're alive. Now they can come back to make the Rams really regret that last minute or so. Uh, where do you lean with this game? So it's three and a half in New York? Yeah, I was seeing three and a half minus 120. I'll check unless it's changed. Do you have a three? I have a three. Bet Rivers and PA. It's, um... I checked it this morning. You know, I, I assumed it hadn't changed. I can look right now. I'm seeing. Yeah, while you look, it's uh, priced at minus 105 for the 49ers getting three, uh, minus 117. For the Rams laying the three, money line plus 150, San Francisco, minus 175, LA, total 46 and a half. Wow. Yeah, I'm seeing it too. Yep. 346 and a half, money line 175, comeback plus 150. I think that's the right move. I think, you know, I, I think San Fran's going to have a lot of support. They've played well. They've matched, they, they played well in this matchup. Uh, I mean, Look, you can, we can, when Dallas loses, everyone gets on Dallas, what they did wrong. Everyone makes fun of McCarthy, the QB draw, which is ridiculous. That's a good offense they shut down. That's a good offense in Green Bay they shut down. This this defense yep. is for real. They hit. They stop the run. They pressure the passer. Secondary's gotten a little healthier. Uh, now, the Rams have played well, too. Stafford's played well. You know That meltdown the other day wasn't really his fault. I don't know how much of Cam Akers we'll see uh, on Sunday. I think he's still fumbling the football somewhere. Uh, I would lean towards the 49ers here. Do you have a lean? Do you, or do you have a bet on this game already? Yeah, I'm, I'm sticking with the 49ers. I don't have a bet in yet, but I, I will here sh uh, shortly. I, I've sort of been fading the Rams uh, for a few weeks, and it's certainly not worked out well for me. Um, but I, I, I like the 49ers right now. I'll take the three. I, I don't know about the money line. I'm, I'll probably end up uh, putting a little bit on the money line. But right now, but my... I have a strong lean on the 49ers with the points. I wonder if the 49ers will bring their sleeping bags because if they win, the Super Bowl is in uh, in the same building. So I wonder if you're San Francisco, do you, you come in there, you camp out, and they got two weeks between games. So uh, you can probably, you're not that <laughs> yeah, far from Just hang home. out. Yeah, just hang, hang out in out. LA. Yeah. No, you'd probably go back home go for a little bit. Go but take a nap at the 45-yard line. Not for too long. Line. What's that? Go take a nap at the 45-yard line. Let me know when the game starts. It's pretty yeah. bizarre. How wake, we... wake me up when it's game time. That's wake right. me up when it's media day. That's right. I mean, we've had – we went all these years, 53, 54 years without a team hosting the Super Bowl. Now if the Rams win, they host the Super Bowl, and we got it two years in a row. Uh, really a strange scenario. Yeah, it is. I, I, I said that uh, the other day that – how weird it would be if if Brady gets to play at home with the Bucks and then Stafford gets to play at home with the Rams. That would really be be wild after it never happening and then having having it happen uh, in consecutive seasons. All right, uh, we pretty much touched on all the recap. We just previewed both the games. Is there anything else like? futures market wise you want to touch on or do you want to wrap up with with some nba talk yeah i think we can move on to nba i mean we'll do more of this at the end of the week i mean they do have futures up they have uh, odds to be the super bowl mvp if you want to get you know cute there instead of taking the chiefs plus let's see the chiefs are plus 125 to win it all bet rivers 
If you want, yeah. if you want to get a little more bang for your buck, you can go Mahomes plus 160 MVP and just assume he gets the award, which you never know with these things. A defensive player has two interceptions for touchdowns. Maybe he steals it and, and then you lose all your money. But uh, I would think if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, Mahomes is, you know, 95% plus to win the MVP. So uh, maybe there's some value there. And, you know, Stafford's plus 325, Garoppolo's plus 800, Cooper Cup's plus 800, Burroughs 10 to 1, Debo Samuel 16 to 1. Yeah, you know, if if you think the Niners are going to win, maybe Debo Samuel at 16 to 1 is worth a sprinkle if you're looking for a long shot. That's not a terrible bet. I, I like that bet. I even like uh, Garoppolo at 8 to 1. Yeah. I mean, I know we just trashed him, but as you said, if if you're the quarterback, you, your odds are extremely high to win that award unless, you know, a, another player just absolutely balls out and you have a below average day, which is certainly possible with with Garoppolo and we've seen it occasionally in the past, but I think how about this? What if, you know, well we could do this. Maybe instead of NBA, how about this? What Super Bowl matchups would you prefer to see? Let's just kind of rank them here. Uh 49ers Chiefs would be a rematch from 2 years ago. Uh, 49ers Bengals. I guess neither of us were, were alive or remember that. Uh, that was no. the great comeback <laughs> for Joe Montana, the John Candy game. That would be fun. That would be different. Chiefs Rams would be that rematch. Remember that crazy Monday night game? I think it was 54 51 back in 2018, middle of the year. Uh, that was really the high point for golf. Golf looked like a superstar. Never really been the same since. Then one I can't really wrap my head around. If it was a Rams-Bengals Super Bowl, for me, I don't know why. For me, that's the strangest Super Bowl. I just can't picture the Rams and the Bengals. That's probably the NFL's like, I know you'd have Burrow in there and you'd have some storylines. But to me, that's kind of uh, the dud of the bunch. Are there any of these you prefer uh, in terms of, you know, what you want to see? Forget a betting aspect. Just, you know, entertainment value here. Which of these is your favorite? I mean, it has to be Chiefs-Rams, right? If we're taking everything else away and just pure fan entertainment possibilities i mean chiefs and rams and the potential there to have like a, a 61 58 final you know that that would be that would be a lot of fun and there'd just be a ton of storylines the rams and you know odell beckham jr and and von miller and and the list just goes on and on with the star power and mahomes and and the chiefs back there again um bengals it would just be super weird like you said to see them in there um, especially if the 49ers are on the other side of it, in my opinion. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think it has to be Chiefs-Rams if we're just talking entertainment, right? Yeah, I mean, there was – growing up in the 90s, if Bengals-Rams were on a Sunday, I mean, that is like the seventh best game on CVS. That is like the, the <laughs> dead game. That's that's the, like the least viewed game you could have. To have that as a Super Bowl, man, that would be the strangest game. To me, I'd actually go Chiefs-49ers. You get the rematch from two years ago, uh, offense versus defense, the revenge factor. Um, you know, can can San Francisco, maybe that's an angle too. If San Francisco has to play the Chiefs, maybe they beat them by running the ball, controlling the clock. Maybe Elijah Mitchell, I don't see him listed here. Maybe Elijah Mitchell for Super Bowl MVP is worth a mm. sprinkle figure. They're going to have to do it with the running game. Now, again, Debo might be uh, as much of a factor in the running game. And, you know, it'd be kind of strange if, if 49ers Chiefs were in the Super Bowl, just because that's kind of my last memory. You know, that's, the, I associate that, that with the last thing being normal in our world. You know, after that, it was COVID pretty shortly after that. That was pre-COVID. Uh, so that's kind of a, a weird association I make where I think of the that, – that's uh, that's just me. That's the first thing I think of when I think of 49ers Chiefs in the Super Bowl that, you know, two weeks later the whole world changed. So that would be kind of strange to see it uh, played out again. 49ers to beat the Chiefs at Bet River Sportsbook in Pennsylvania uh, plus 650 for what that's worth. Not terrible. I think we'll get a good game either way. I mean, I think you have to favor the Chiefs. 
Uh, it looks like the Chiefs will probably win the Super Bowl here. I, it, you might, we might just be overthinking it here and say, you know what, the Chiefs at plus 150 to win it all here, or plus 125 uh, to win the whole thing is probably value. Um, you figure they win this week and they're favored uh, in the Super Bowl, and you can even buy back. Not that you want to buy back on plus 125, but figure they're a field yeah. goal favorite in the Super Bowl. If you just want some entertainment, um, that might be a way for me to hedge my Bengals 49ers ticket. You know what? Just put the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. I'll either have the Bengals winning, I'll be in good shape, or I'll have the Chiefs here in the Super Bowl where they'll be a favorite and I'll there have that go. plus money. That might uh, that might be worth a shot here, but hard to see the Chiefs not winning it all. I mean, let's just let's let's call it like it is. I mean, they're probably going to win yeah. it all here. And if D Ford isn't offsides, you know, a few years ago against the Patriots, I mean, this is four straight Super Bowls they're in. Mahomes is undefeated in the AFC playoffs. Uh, again, this is a trip for three. If they win this week, they're in three straight Super Bowls. Really, just a a dynasty in the making. Now, who knows how many he's going to win? That would be an interesting prop. You know, how many Super Bowls is Patrick Mahomes going to win? It's going to be tough to match Brady's numbers. But look, if you're getting there every year, you're going to pile up some some victories here. That that that's the key, right? <laughs> Hot take alert. But if you're continuously getting there, you're. You're, you're going to be able to rack him up eventually, even if it's two more or three more. He's not going to touch Brady, but, um, man, it's going to be interesting to see how many more he gets in the next three to five years. Yeah, I mean, what Brady has, I even lose track. What Brady has, six, right? I think seven. Isn't he seven and three? I lost track of him. Yeah, he's been to ten. Yeah, you might be right. He won six with the Patriots? Yeah, because he won the first three. He won it in 01, and then they went back-to-back, 04 and 05. And then they had the three, 14, 16, and 18. Yeah, he's won seven. Wow, he's won seven. It's seven amazing as much as we cover it and we follow this stuff that, you know, you kind of lose track of it just because you kind of become numb to it. It's like, oh, yeah, he won another one. Yeah, he's won seven. He's won seven. Then absolutely he lost, insane. He lost the two Giants ones. And I don't know if you remember this, but he actually he, he played in the Super Bowl against the Eagles, and he lost to the Eagles. Did he? Yeah, I think it was a few years ago. You might not have watched it. You might have been watching something else, no. uh, CNN or some documentary on something. But, yeah, he, he actually lost to the Eagles in a Super Bowl in a game. Uh, your audience who might is, remember. Do you know who was the quarterback for the Eagles there? I don't remember. Uh, he had a, a body part that people claim to be large. That's all I kind of remember. Yeah. It's amazing. He, yeah, I it's, think it was his elbow. Amazing. He had some elbow inflammation. <laughs> yeah. That was the thing. Yep. I don't know if you remember the game Christmas night that year when Foles played. He, the, that was the worst game he's I've ever seen anybody play. It was like the Eagles are dead. Foles is not going to win. Yeah. They're not going to win a game in the playoffs. And they almost did it. And then he comes alive and basically you know, turns into Brady or Mahomes against the Vikings and against the Eagles uh, and against the Patriots. That's still one of the the strangest turnarounds because I think it was Christmas night against the Raiders. Not a lot of people were watching. It was, a, you know, an eight o'clock game. Maybe people are with their families. If you watched him play that game, he said, there's no way this guy it was brutal. Should, it was awful. They should, you know, look at the third stringer, play anybody else, see if uh, yep. see if Wentz can play with a torn ACL. And then he turns around and, and wins the whole thing. <laughs> It was crazy, especially that Atlanta game, uh, the first playoff game. Uh, you know, the Eagles somehow come away yeah. with the win there. It was 14-10, um, crazy ending. Uh, Matt Ryan misses Julio Jones in the end zone, um, a little bit overthrown. Jones still probably should have caught it, whatever, however you want to call it. Came down it. Uh, out Eagles of somehow anyway. advance in an ugly game, and then they just, uh, you know, beat the brakes off of Minnesota somehow. Nick Foles gets his body taken over. It's like Space Jam. His talents are, you know, in Minnesota, Joe in Montana's or something. Game, in that championship game, Minnesota gets the ball first. They go right down the field, you know, seven yards every single play. Never had a third down. Touchdown, Kyle Rudolph. Three and out for the Eagles. I, I forget the tight end. Who was the tight end? I'm trying to think who came down out of bounds. He went to play for the Bears, Trey Burton. Yep. Wide open down the field. He comes out. He catches it, but he's out of bounds. The Eagles punt. So the Vikings are up 7 nothing. They get a three and out. 
it's about to be a route the other way. I remember the live line being like 10 and a half, 11. Then Keenum makes a terrible throw, pick six, and that place uh, went crazy and never stopped being crazy. And it, I don't think the Vikings didn't score again the rest of the game. It was like 37 to 7. Yeah, I think it was 38 7, whatever the final was. Um, a lot crazy. too little. Yeah, absolutely crazy. All right, so, man, good stuff. So we say, we'll um, save the NBA for next week. The NBA is not going anywhere. The NBA's got plenty of yeah, time left. You got a nice bet with Embiid. We can mention that. I'll give you a little a shout out for that one. He is now, what is he now to win the MVP? I'm sure you're checking it every day like a fiend. Uh, last time I checked, he was around eight to one. He could be down to six to one, possibly. Five to one at Bet River Sportsbook. That's wow. Giannis I, plus I think on Saturday, he was eight to one. He's, he's so, been awesome. He's been awesome. He's been unbelievable. And Curry hasn't shot the ball well. And, uh, yeah, so Giannis plus 250. Him and Curry are both plus 250 as co favorites. Jokic plus 500. And Bede plus 500, Morant 12 to 1, Durant 25 to 1. He's not going to win. Then you get DeRozan 35 to 1, LeBron 40 to 1, Luka 50 to 1. I still think Booker and Paul 80 to 1. To me, that's that's a little high. Uh, if you look, man, I kind of thought the Suns were lucky last year, even though I thought they were a good team and I was betting them a lot. And, and they were lucky, but man, they have. Are now, I'm looking at it now 37 and 9. They never lose. They never lose. They're, they're they're an unbelievable team. Unbelievable. Um, I just don't think Booker and Paul are, are ever going to get strongly considered for this award, especially with how it's going right now. It doesn't mean eighty to one is not over or underpriced, however you want to describe it. There with value, um, but yeah, listen, yep. the Suns in a Western Conference that's really you know Golden State's the only team I think that really scares you. Um, I, I think it could be Phoenix and Golden State easily. You know, at the end of this thing, so we'll we'll see if Phoenix can stay healthy and if they're able to maybe make, get over that hump. I certainly wouldn't put it past them. You know how this stuff goes, though. They're they're not in the mix. They're not in the conversation. Booker has a fifty-four point game and then a forty-eight point game, and you yep. know the narrative changes. ESPN's talking about him. Hey, what about Booker? Look at the Suns' record. You know, now they're forty-two and nine or something like that. And all of a sudden, you know, these these things can change quickly. I mean, again, it was less than a month ago or so. You're telling me I'm beat fifty-one. I'm like, eh, I'm not sure. Yeah. I wish I had a fifty to one. These things can change quickly. You know, Booker puts up a couple 50-point games. The Suns record Absolutely. people say, you know what? Booker's underrated or Chris Paul, Lifetime Achievement Award. These things, you know, they can happen quickly. And the whole thing with getting value is you want to get it before the move comes. You want to anticipate it. Because if Booker has a couple 50-point games, then he goes to, you know, 15 to 1, 10 to 1. People rush to bet him at 10 to 1. Well, you're kind of mm -hmm. late to the party there. You want to kind of get him at 80 to 1. And, you know, if you can get four or five of these guys at their at their low point, then you got to uh, – a nice little portfolio there where you know you got a bunch of long shots at good prices. Yeah, then you're cooking with something there. Um, yeah, we'll we'll keep an eye on it in, in our next conversation. We'll we'll uh, dive a little bit deeper into the NBA, both you know games that are coming up and in the futures market, of course, more of this. But uh, a lot of NFL we discussed here today, man. It was a lot of fun. So uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think we uh, I think we nailed it. People are sick of us. We've been on for an hour now. People are tired of hearing us talking. A lot of people probably so turned tired. off the podcast. If you're still listening, thank you. Uh, but this is <laughs> this is too much of us. So we'll let you go. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, appreciate it, Ryan. We'll do it again soon. Yes, sir. You're the man.
All right. Thank you, everyone, as always, for tuning in to another edition of the Philadelphia CityCast presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Hope you enjoyed my conversation with Will Hill, host of the New York CityCast. As always, a great conversation, entertaining and insightful. I uh, hope you felt that way. I certainly did. As always, make sure you are subscribed to the show, available on all of your podcast platforms. And you can give me a follow on Twitter at WiseRye to find links to each and every episode of the CityCast, as well as where to find the CityCast, links to all of the podcast platforms on my Twitter page. So there you have it, another episode in the books. Be on the lookout for the next episode, and until then, have a great rest of your day, everyone. Bet River Sportsbook wants you to be in control of your football bets. That's why players love the same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Same game parlays let you mix and match player props and game bets and gives a payout boost to the winning combinations you want to root for. Combine two bets or combine many. You pick your confidence level and then watch the game unfold. Bet on same game parlays at betrivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app. Presented by Rivers Casino Pittsburgh. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare <laughs>